Hello and welcome to another episode of Bertie and Paul. I'm delighted as always to be joined by Aberdeen's only Martin Hendo. How you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks. The, the shower works, that's all you need to know. He's in, he's in an Aberdeen hotel room and yeah, well, I'm not even going to tell you what's going on there. He's, he's making himself rather comfortable. Um, um, Michael Dahl, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm in a a, a CD London hotel. Just obviously thought that's what we need to do, you know. Are you you're in a hotel as well? Aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm just sitting in my room, but I just I thought I didn't get the memo. I thought we were going to go to a CD place. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Daniel Devaney, how are you getting on? Good evening. Yeah, I'm just at home. I'm a normal person. No, like the other two, so. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting a, 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 a tour of Hendel's uh, room at the moment. Uh, yeah, so, all good, all good. I apologise, weekend, for not meeting Miller and Jerry and uh, Rory. I, I had a murder mystery on Saturday night, but I didn't want to tell anybody. Saw the boys come over for the Bohemians game. Where did that? Yeah, we went to Bohemians v Pats on Friday night. Um, Are they good? Yeah, it was a sellout. Really good game, really good atmosphere. Um, I was unfortunately lost 3 2, but yeah, they were winning 1 0. Went to 3 1 to Pats. Bose got a man sent off. And then the second half, um, Bose got a good put in a bit of a fight back, got it back to 3 2. Then Pats got a man sent off. And then uh, Bose were pushing for the equaliser, but just um, not couldn't get there. So that was an entertaining game. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, good for you. And uh, yeah. like you, Dal, anything? You've been watching much football? You've been. Uh, I've been wa- I've actually been watching a fair amount, quite a lot of the English Premiership recently, and Celtic, obviously, but not in not in person. No, not been not been any in person football matches. If that was your question, no. No, I just thought maybe Fulham, though, catching some Fulham games. So. Nah, I kind of dropped off a little bit with that. To be honest, I'm just. Celtic, Celtic all the way. What happened to the Wimbledon game you were going to go to? Never, never a hand, no. Uh, no, no. I need to get my act together. I was going to say so. Anyway. <laughs> so, how do you just get ge- generally and then specifically uh, <laughs> visiting football. Uh. So, how do you take it away then? Another nice weekend of uh, football. One of those sort of strange uh, league games you end up going to Kilmarnock and you're thinking maybe the pitch will do us or Derek McInnes will turn up with 10 at the back. And then, first of all, team selection, they, they gave a rest to Carter Vickers and Jota. Was there any concern for you, Hendo, at that stage? Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. I mean, it was uh, a shouldn't to be in to have that cushion at the top that at this stage in the season you can essentially leave players out because they're they're worried about how their body's going to react to a pitch um, so the manager wasn't worried and I've got to say I wasn't worried either about leaving them out um, we've got way more uh, artillery than Kilmarnock have and you know the the first half showed that and the game was the game was over in the first 45 minutes you find the um, you find the players that came in. I mean, Kobe Ashi at the back. I, I was really impressed with his 
way he played. But I don't think defensively he was sort of he was sort of stretched. I thought he, he did he did do himself justice on the day. Mm. He's a bit more of a ball player than Starfelt is. Um, you know, Starfelt does look uncomfortable on the ball at times. Um, Carter Vickers is a lot more assured on the ball. Um, whereas, yeah, him coming in, uh, you know, he looks more a bit more natural on the ball. Whether he can defend, question still to be still to be answered given the opposition he's faced but he can certainly um, start things from the back for us uh, uh, Danny this lovely pass to Maeda in the first half didn't he he just looked he just put it perfectly into Maeda's path you know that way that's right yeah that, that, that's excite, that excites me that excites me from that sort of looking at next season because it'd be really nice to get in a season with three settled defenders we, we could really rely on yeah, and especially getting into Europe next year as well to have the, the ability to rest one of them um, at a weekend or vice versa, you know, uh, during the week. So, no, he played, he played, he played well, as did I thought it water, and um, there were some great passing moves in that first half, you know, especially Taylor's ball into O'Reilly for his goal. Um, I think that was his first goal. Um, I know there was fluid movement all that first half. The second half, obviously, as you know, was a different story, but. Um, no, great. Like they say, we we we're on the ball from the start. We capitalised on their first mistake and then hammered them into the ground. Like the four goals were just on fire and the missed penalty. Remember, so um, no, it was another great performance. Um, as I say, second half we definitely went off the boil, or else just sat back. We didn't have a shot and goal the second half. Just talk um, to Let's look at the so Hatsabanovic, mm-hmm. Maeda, Mikhail got from. I, I thought there was a kind of was a good balance that I thought Hatsabanovic Mikey what do you think do you think he, he, he was he, I get the sense that he was really trying to push himself he was trying to make things happen which is a good place to be Maeda had his uh, he he looked to be a lot sharper than he was the, the week before but I think mm. it's like because remember I kind of wrote and I didn't write him off but I was saying maybe he might disappear in the summer but it was nice to see him uh, involved Straight away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who who put that? Who did he put that cross in for Maeda's goal? Haksabanovic. I think so. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Oh, was that Jass? It was. That was Johnson. Yeah, it was Arthur Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I must be honest. Haksabanovic didn't really do much from from what I saw. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a noticeable drop off or anything, but he didn't do. You know, he's he's done more in games coming on and. In a cameo, to be honest, maybe playing on that left, coming in on his right foot. I think that might be his slightly better position, personally. Um, but you know, the, there wasn't a notable drop off, which was good because given that how you know how important Jota is or how good a player Jota is, I didn't think there was a noticeable drop off. But having said that, I didn't think Haksabanovic done done that much outstanding. It, you know, those many things that were were outstanding uh, the player that really impressed me was Matt O'Reilly who has had a bit of a dip in form I'm not, I don't think he's played badly I just think you know he, he was Postacoglu persevered with him when I don't think he was hitting top performance um, but he's back to 
kind of like that performance on Sunday was, you know, what I was hoping. You know, I, was a, a step up and a, a kind of progression for him. You know, two goals in one game. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's done that before. Could be wrong, but you know, that was what I was hoping from him at the start of the season. He's kept, that was him. I feel like he kicked on a bit and upped his level, which was really good to see as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think that, that that role that he was definitely playing forward, much further forward. Or he was finding himself much further forward. I mean, when you look at the the chain of what Dan talked about, the the goal where the it goes through he goes through Taylor. Like Riley's standing maybe eighteen yard line, isn't he? He's he's really pushed himself up. So yeah. I mean, maybe that's something for us to see later on down next season is once you've got those sort of locking midfield players are, are, are just moving the ball around. Uh, even, his, even his composure and his touch and his finish for that yeah. goal was beautiful. You know, like, and no panic at all, just placing it into the bottom corner. Like, he's got two or three guys around him, he just takes the touch, brings it away from them and places it into the corner. You know what I mean? It was a lovely finish. But what a pass for Taylor. But that's what but that's what good passes do, doesn't it? Good passes give you a wee bit more time to to make a decision. If, if you're a really good player and you get the ball a nicer pass, then you've got a wee bit more time just to say, all right, okay, I'm fine here. But I mean, it looks. I mean, sometimes okay, come on up, we're falling all over the place. But there's, there's that touch of class, isn't there? And it, it definitely, Dan, I think you're right. I was delighted for him because I think that's a, a part of a footballer's game that can be re- resolved or worked on. But the rest of the stuff is, 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 is natural ability, etc. But when you're getting to the highest level, you can work in your shin and get yourself a bit more composure. And definitely. And also, you've got to do the, the job. You've got to do what Kyogo does against these teams like Kamara. You've got to put them away. And that's what he did, didn't he? Really did it. Uh, any, anything Kyogo's penalty kick I mean I, I've never seen a Celtic player laugh before he was hit and after and after <laughs> Hendo, did Hendo I, I was thinking Hendo might have a <laughs> athletics uh, tennis view and, and smiling before uh, no, you well, there was a guy there was a guy phoned in Clyde one and basically had a go at him for um, not concentrating and then you know smiling when he missed and uh, the panel basically rubbished the guy and we're like he's allowed to miss a, a penalty yada yada but I mean he wasn't concentrating at all when he took it um, and Kilmarnock obviously did the usual kind of tactics unsportsmanlike tactics that are just part of football of delaying the kick and you know all this all this kind of stuff and instead of like going away and resetting himself and coming back and getting ready. He just kind of stood there and every time they did something, he just smiled to be like, oh yeah, great, you're, you're putting me off, oh no. Um, and then ultimately didn't score. So uh, I think that there, there was definitely a, a lack of concentration, I would say, uh, when he stepped up to, to take the penalty um, and for whatever reason I think that the smile afterwards is almost just a a reaction to you know that's just how he's dealt with his own annoyances just to almost smile 
Um, I don't think he was smiling because he's happy he's missed a penalty. But <laughs> to say it was it was just down to uh, for me it was just lack of concentration and almost just just a wee bit sloppy that you know you're ahead and you weren't you know if it was nil nil and you had that penalty to take the lead, you know you're going to be so much more switched on than he was. So there was yep. he sets high standards and he did drop his standards in my opinion. And the way he kind of prepared for that penalty, and then ultimately uh, failed to execute it to the to the high standard he set. The the the, the first goal was his, his goal. Sorry, not the first goal. The first goal, but his goal was ridiculously easy for him. But wasn't it? I mean, time to set himself. He ran through. And he just he so much time after he cut back. So much time. It's just far too easy, as you say, far too easy for him. So much um, time to pick his spot. I'm not a fan of the, that Kelly player, Alan Power, because I just think he's a bit of a hammer thrower. But I was very surprised that they didn't start him against us, and you know it was it was a very strange decision from McInnes. I thought because he always, you remember he done Frimpong that time a few years ago, and it's not, yeah, I'm on when he's playing, but from a from a spectacle point of view, I couldn't believe that, you know. That guy had been left out, and they just—they were—I can't believe they, their attitude. To be honest, right at the start, I kind of said they started the game well. I was like, "Oh, that's jeez!" Like literally, you know what? Like you had the first ten seconds before you gave us the ball. Idiots. Well, it shows you that it shows you that definitely shows you, and and. Scottish football, which we might touch the managerial, managerial sort of merry-go-round, or whatever they call it. But certainly from at McKenna's point of view, you, you, I mean, you're really playing with fire. I mean, after 30 minutes, and it could have been 20 nothing. Like maybe it's ridiculously easy for Celtic, and you've got to set your team up properly. Yeah, I think, I can, I think I can, he went with two up front, didn't he? I think that was his downfall. I think he went with two up front and that's what they kind of did at Hamden I think when they nearly um, they sort of had a good performance against us uh, to his run is a bit closer obviously um, and I think that's maybe where he was going off again but obviously it totally backfired and the team collapsed and that's obviously how he made the subs early on The guy was having a shocker for them <laughs> McInnes was saying oh I played really well in a reserve game through the week and kind of looked like I thought oof we just shut up the now, Derek. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think having a decent outing in a reserve game is really a justification for putting him in against the will-be league champions. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. He's a strange guy, Derek McInnes, but I thought he was like a bit too. But I kind of threw him under the bus a little bit. That that player, I thought he would have protected him a bit more. Um, but I think as well, it's it's funny. In terms of what do you think about that then? Do, do you watch Scottish football? Is it right? Okay, like okay, the, the Dundee United game where we were absolutely smashing them, and you watch it and you think, okay, this is brilliant. But there's also a part of you thinking, I wish it wasn't that easy. Is that would that be right? And say, whereas Man United when they beat Ipswich nine nothing, they were just rampant and they're smashing teams. But I think yeah. from a Scottish fan point of view, you think, geez. Why is Derek McInnes playing? I mean, it, it was it was just there was something wrong about the way he set the team up. You could see it straight away. What was going on? That so much 
I mean, I, I think, well, first of all, Heather, what do you think about that piece? What do you think about that? that well, I think, I think competition will always drive uh, success and raise the standards for everyone. Um, so even if you think back to when Celtic started the nine-in-a-row campaign, um, that ultimately the early season that and the kind of especially the Ronnie Dyla type era, the competition in the league had totally regressed to the point that, you know, we were making a competitive league with Aberdeen because, you know, our 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 kind of ambition had, had, had been reduced by the lack of competition that was there. No no Rangers, you know, this is my view obviously, no Rangers meant that we as a as a club our ambitions dropped. And you saw that with fans as well, you know, half empty grounds, even European games were half empty and the, the fair on the park was was poorer from us and um you know even even the type of manager that we appointed you know was was a was a poor choice as well um versus you know where where we are today the rest of the league at the moment though is i i just i, I kind of spoke to mike about this before i always feel like the other teams where the, the kind of competition they offer can be cyclical um and I think this season has been one of those seasons where the rest of the league um, have been poor. Um, there's, there's seasons where, you know, as much as uh, he, got, he got a bit berated, but Aberdeen were a decent team under McInnes in their kind of peak McInnes years. Um, even when Brendan Rodgers came in and we had a, an amazing first season, the games with Aberdeen were always tight games. The Hibs under Lennon, Brendan Rodgers never beat them. Um, you know, and there was a bit more. Uh, the, the, there are periods of competition, which I think is always always good. But at the moment, we don't we don't have that. I don't think. I think it's one of those periods where, unfortunately, there's a bit of drop off the, from the other teams. And I think ultimately having tougher matches each week will be will be better and. You know, even just for matches in Europe and things, it'll prepare you a bit better. Because yeah, as much as Matt O'Reilly scored two goals at the weekend, and he's now up to four, and he was on zero till a few weeks ago, you know, come on, we're absolutely dreadful. So, what kind of benchmark is that really in terms of a, a performance as an individual? I I, I also think, Darren, making maybe, I think it's harder for Derek McInnes to set up a team when you've got. Taylor playing I mean I can't keep my eyes off Taylor watching him play football I mean he is not he is not in any set position for the majority of that first half he just roamed around and for McInnes to set up a team by a guy that's basically like a playmaker for I mean I don't know I can't actually believe I'm saying this but like he was a playmaker for Celtic for 30-35 minutes McInnes just can't see that what do you do? You put a striker on him? You put it like an attack? How do you stop? I'm not sure I saw that either as well as Derek. <laughs> no, see if you watch Taylor in the first... <laughs> see, if you watch Taylor, see if you watch Taylor in the first half. Taylor in the first half is just wandering around. Like he doesn't, I, I, I agree with you, Paul. Thank you. 
honestly thought he was like it was just um, it, the freedom to go anywhere he was popping him up in all different places passes left right and centre down the wing through the centre he was yeah I, I actually thought the same he was yeah. absolutely brilliant again that, just popping him up I think that is the benefit of the the, the full backs kind of tucking in and overloading the midfield they just become part of that unit um, and, and playing there till, till we need to go back and actually defend the kind of left back area in his case so um, he, he's certainly someone who's um, who's massively improved under the Ange system though and has totally uh, taken his game on from where it was and you know ultimately seems to be able to showcase a bit more by coming into midfield and you know playing football rather than just you know you run up and down this touchline and that's it what what are your thoughts, Michael? Um, no, I think I think McInnes, um I just don't think McInnes did did his team any justice. I think he was at the way he set his team up, the way that they are the Kilmarnock players' attitude, their shape, everything was just terrible in the first thirty thirty five minutes, um, and I think that was totally on Derek McInnes, to be honest, as a manager. Um, and yeah, after the game, I thought throwing that lad that he hooked under the bus was was a bit just a yeah. I thought it was, I think it's sometime I I want a manager to just say right I kind of you know I got that wrong or, or whatever. I just yeah I don't know. It was just it was a complete mismatch in that first half. But um, yeah, it was I, almost I like he took the game as a free hit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it just you know. It's like that, if, if we don't get anything, we may as well get beaten ten nil. Um, that was a bit bizarre. Yeah, was a bit I bizarre. Mean, it's difficult, like for me, because I don't know. Like you, I, I take the point on it. You do cringe a little bit, but you know, sometimes that happen. You know, sometimes that can happen. Like David Moyes has sent his West Ham team out a few times this season, clearly with the wrong attitude, the wrong shape, and they've been in the. You know they've had put in abject performances, so I don't don't draw wider conclusions about Scottish football from stuff like that. But because I think it can happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the other thing from what you were saying, Hendo, was yeah, you're right. There's right now there's a bit of a dip from the other teams in Scotland, but I also think that we are just absolutely nailing it at the minute. We've got mm-hmm. a great. You know, a great setup, a great coach. We're bra- we're bringing in the you know really good players from an untapped market. So we're probably as good as we, we you know we're yeah. in as good a shape as I can remember. Maybe bar the first season under the rat. Um, you know, we and I, I think and I think we're only going to get better as well, which yeah. is good. So there's and a bit took, of that as well. And we've took our chances as well. Remember, so like. Uh, Again, when I was looking at the stats at the weekend, I'm sure we had some like six or seven shots in goal, and Kamarnock actually had four or five. You know what yeah. I mean? So there wasn't a great difference in that. So we've took our chances, um, and we've capital we're capital capitalising, if I can say the word, <laughs> mm-hmm. on on mistakes. You know what I mean? So any mistake, we're we're latching on it. So Kyogo's uh, the first goal is a perfect example. Um, obviously they gave away a penalty we missed that and remember the fourth goal as well like the ball coming out of the box Kamarnock had two chances to clear it 
You know what I mean? First the boy tried to head it, then the guy sliced it back into the box. <laughs> then again, fair play to O'Reilly again. His touch, or sorry, and his finish in the top corner. You know what I mean? It was a great finish, well, but that's, yeah. that's for me. That's get... taking our chances. Exactly. That that's the difference. That's where there's a bit of truth in both. Because I mean, for me, that is a, just a brilliant finish from um, from Matt O'Reilly. No, okay, like you say, Dan, mistakes from Kelly leading up to it, but that you know. There's probably not any other midfielders, many other midfielders in Scotland that are going to be as clinical as that in that in that situation. So, you know, in some ways, it's it's the it's the complete or it's the same as when we go into the Champions League and you know we make a slight mistake that we would easily get away with in, in Scotland, but it just gets punished, just you know, brutally. Mm. You're talking about league. goals in midfield that going off the ball a wee bit here, but like one of the lads put a text in the group chat the other day saying about um, that that John Lundstrom had one assist in a hundred appearances for Rangers. One assist, like I, I says, nah, it can't be true. And I checked on stats, and it, it is true. <laughs> so like he's not had an assist in the Premier League, the Scottish Premier League, for his full career with Rangers. So it must have been in the cup or something. He's a myth, that player. He, you know, he, yeah. Songs about him, but, uh, yeah. I, no, I mean, and then we're talking about, obviously, O'Reilly's only got four goals this season and stuff. Like, I wasn't even going to assist, never mind a goal. Yeah. <laughs> there was, um, I saw something on Twitter today <laughs> about if they were all fit, who would your, who would your midfield three be for, for Celtic? What would your, what would your combination be? Uh, i I voted Stephen McGregor. Yeah, I voted Awata, McGregor, and Hatati. I think that would be the three that I would choose. But if O'Reilly keeps playing, this is this is the this is the amazing thing about it. You know, I think we are just getting players that are pushing each other on to new heights. Because if O'Reilly playing the way he did on Sunday, there's no drop off there either. You know, he's he's doing mm-hmm. things that he previously I didn't think he could. So. Yeah. At the moment, I replaced Moy with uh, Riley there. So I know Moy's been off, off the boil there the last game but um, against Rangers. But I, for me, it'd be Moy and McGregor and Hatai. Yeah. Um, did, sorry, did McGregor get injured there at the weekend? I don't know. He gave away the penalty and he seemed to go down. And then obviously we brought him off. But I don't know if that was just for rest or did, did he pick up a knock or not? I've not heard anything. No. So. I've not seen anything, but I've not right, gone looking have. either. No, I just wondering, probably just to rest him then. I think, I mean, he, he made it to 63 minutes, didn't he? So, Around you know, and, the, and the penalty was, uh, sorry, the goal was ended in the first half, so, uh, you might be right, Mikey. But no, it was a, it was a bit, I mean, to have a game wrapped up so early was, um, it wasn't unusual from a Celtic standpoint, but you know, no. we've, we've blown Rangers away. But but yeah, it did make the second half a bit. It would, well, it just it. Yeah, but you can't really, can't really take it away from that, can you? Like the second nah. half. Like, no, like the all came on obviously, and then he he's must have been looking to impress Klinsman. But I think he, he hardly seen the ball. You know, you can see he was putting a good effort in to try and come back and win the ball a couple of times. He had that one really good chance where um, Vata put the, the yeah. cross in for the out wide. Um, just missed the goal there. But 
Apart from that, I can't really remember any clear-cut chance that we had. No. no that, I mean, that was a good ball in from the lad, Bata. Yep. Wonder if we'll see more of him as the season goes along. Hopefully, especially if we wrap it up, you know, with a couple of games to, well, hopefully four games to go. Yeah. Um, Did you not think that he... He, he, he done exactly what he was supposed to do like he chased back he, he, he drove forward he looked pretty athletic and I mean this is what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be allowing these guys to, was there other guys Summers is it? Ben Summers he was mm-hmm. a, at the Tommy Burns was it Tommy Burns the Jimmy Johnson he was a, Tommy was the Tommy Burns documentary he's a football player you see at the start oh really? that's him I think that's him but yeah, I mean these guys have to be given a pathway into the first team and I thought I mean that cross was amazing and I, I actually felt for Hope because I mean you're sort of I mean you're, you're sort of screwed aren't you there's Klinsman sitting in the crowd and you've got to turn it on I mean yeah, it's not going to happen, is it really? No, not, with the, not with the way the game had panned out. I think that exactly. was, you know, surely Klinsman could have seen that, you know. Um, yeah, you can't make any judgments on on him on that second half because it wasn't a a competitive game, really. More like a no, as I say, we never we never had a shot on target. You know what I mean? The second half, so that says a lot. McGregor was. Uh, McGregor did look slightly as if he was just out of touch on it. He's never seen that happen, McGregor, before ever. I can't even remember it being shrugged off a ball like that. Well, that lad, just took that a touch lad, too much. How was that? Yeah, yeah he's done that before. I mean, geez, yeah. that, the game where he got injured in the Champions League, he, he over, slightly overran a ball, extended, done his knee, and I think they went up and scored. That was against it did, yeah. Leipzig. That's right. So, and that area on the pit, I mean, he just it was just that sort of I've got the ball, and then oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Again, maybe yeah. just switched off again. on like him, forty-five minutes, like half time. We're running for nothing, but cruising. He just took the extra touch. The boys done him, not done him, but he's pushed him off the ball. Sorry, mm. that guy. One of the Kelly players was saying after the game, like just waxed logical about how good Callum McGregor was. I can't remember Kyle Vassell or something like that. Yeah, a lot to um, say. Just, yeah, a lot to say, but you know, on McGregor, he's just like, listen, this guy's just, he's a proper footballer, he's amazing. Um, and obviously, I wholeheartedly agree with him, but he did make a slight mistake for their goal. But. Did Joe, did jo, am I right to say that Joe Hart had an absolute crack and save as well? And um, the first did. half, he did die. Yeah, really mm-hmm. good quality save. And, uh, I, 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 at times I sort of think maybe Hart is, should be upgraded even though I don't think that but you know, you're thinking about it you see him producing saves like that he, he's some, somebody that does seem to have that sort of concentration that you need to be a Celtic player you know Roy Keane says he's, he's, he did what he was paid to do move on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it that's it so uh, anything else about the game then Hendo you just, it's just, it's just taking the boxes. Yeah, it just kind of feels like we're we're waiting to get through the games now. Uh, a feeling of inevitability about it. Um, they've, they've slight, slight edge as a fan, probably coming off the league now because it kind of feels like we're we're there. We're just waiting to get through the games now. 
Um, which is good. It means all the hard work's been done, doesn't it? Um, so it's a it's a good position to be in rather than you know stress levels can be obviously a lot higher at this time of the season. So I'd be be grateful for that. Um, sure, it'll all change again over the the course of next season how the how the championship pans out. So it's good to have one where it's all wrapped up early. I'd love I'd love to I'd love if Dan was right in terms of Vata in summers if this was what we were doing then that we get these players in and play them a wee bit and then they become they, they get more and more game I mean it, it looks like James Forrest is injured long term isn't it so maybe there is going to be a position in that sort of front three that a guy like Vata could play in uh, I'd like Celtic to get back to that sort of model of getting a few of the players young players in I'd like it just I don't know, but now it's Vata. Vata is Scottish, isn't he? He's and Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. No, he's, I think it's he's, hard though. He's Scottish. No, he's yeah. played for Ireland. I know, but he's Scottish. Well, his his dad's Albanian and his mum's a kind Scottish. of a Mrs. McGeady type or whatever. You know, <laughs> I don't quite know how it works, but um, but yeah, she's got a double-barreled name. I know that she's called Anne Francis. So. She's from Hamilton, her mum's Ireland. So his granny's Irish, that's how he plays Ireland. There you go. But like if Summers and, and uh, Bata do become part of the squad next season, I'm, I'll be delighted because it's shown that the, the youth team can produce players again, you know, because I can't, I just, I can't abide this buying players all the time. You've got to see something that's coming from self-development. Well, There's not... Just, it's not only got, I mean, want to, don't we have to for squad quota, homegrown quota reasons in the Champions League? What do you think, Hendel? What's your take on it? I, I can't see in, uh, you know, less than six months these guys having a material impact on the squad going into the opening Champions League games or anything like that. Just don't, don't see it. Um I think we we all like homegrown players coming through. You want when you see these guys coming on, you want them to do well, and you kind of always give them probably more chances and more goodwill than a player that you've paid money for and brought in from a foreign country. But I think the depth of the squad at the moment, uh, unless there's some major outgoings, I just don't see where where these guys get their game time. I'd imagine they'll be on the pre-season tour with the first team and they'll probably get minutes over the, the pre-season games but I think once the the big boy stuff starts again that you, you won't see them No, that's right you never know but um, if they're good enough they'll play them you know what I mean mm-hmm. Gregor was good enough Tierney was good enough so hopefully like, I know it, it's a fair point but um, who knows I suppose let's see what, let's see what they're made of because the pathway, yeah. like T- Taylor's come in from Kamarnock after being coached well and moving, moving himself in and learning. Walsh, Welsh has sort of disappeared, hasn't he? So you're looking to, I mean, Celtic are supposed to be that that type of team. Supposed to be. So uh, you're, 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 you are right. It's balanced probability, Sender, you're right. But it'd be good for. These guys have to prove. I mean, he's getting a chance. He has to really prove himself. But it'd be nice to mm-hmm. see, 
nice to see. You're, you're probably right. And then he started but definitely the nice. Sorry, definitely nice to see. That's what we all want to see. You know, no one. Yeah. You know, if you look at the the core of the team now, it's from you know, it's from the far east. You know, there's probably more far eastern players in the the match day squad than there are homegrown players. Um, so I you definitely want to move the dial on that, and you know, having academies actually produce players that can contribute to the first team, and then you know, down the line, a tidy profit as well. Because um, at the moment, you know, where's the is the next Kieran Tierney sale coming from? Because these are these are big windfall moments for the club as well. Well, I think that I mean the. That was something I did look at. We looked at him, we couldn't manage you but the fact is, I think Celtic, I think if you go through the squad, obviously not the goalkeeper, there's definitely, there is some value in Carter Vickers. Surely the championship level teams or teams in the, the bottom of the, 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 the English Premier League, you look at him. Starfield, maybe not. But I think the other players, I mean, Ryan Christie's playing really well for Prince of Bournemouth now. So mm-hmm. these guys are earning their stripes down south. So I think you'd be surprised. I don't know. I, I, I can't see how this team gets broken up unless, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, it, it looks like there's a real, real togetherness. Unless Bosnogorko disappears, then you, you might see the value of these players. But nobody's really saying anything except uh, Abada again, who was in the paper, or there was something in the paper. So maybe he will be the player, but... I think there is value there, but I'd like to see yeah, you like to see the next year, mate. Uh, Sorry, Mike, kicking back to yourself. What, what do you know what the quota is for the European games? No, I don't actually. Um I just know that the rumours are well that that was why we were keeping McCarthy around. That was why, you know, Forrest signed signed a new deal and who was the other one? Um did I say McCarthy? Yeah, Turnbull. So, those were the... So, I just wonder if bringing these lads through is part of a, you know, part of the plan to keep the number, you know, keep the numbers elevated in the squad. But, you know, read between the lines, I'd imagine we'd sell Welsh, definitely sell McCarthy. So, you know, but like, it's maybe just part of that, you know, like, as well, which probably... Right. Mickey Johnson... Mickey Johnson to come back as well, aren't they? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I just... Because, I mean, I, like, I like Turnbull and he's a good player and... But, he boy's got to be playing week in, week out, does he not? And I don't think he's a Champions League level player. I don't think he's going to break into that midfield. So, you know, it's just... I think it's just to be able to do things, you know, do things like that. I'm sure a team in the Championship would, would take Turnbull for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at this rule. It says it's eight uh, so-called homegrown players, uh, and homegrown is players who, regardless of their nationality, have been trained by their club or another club in the same national association for at least three years between the age of 15 and 21. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like McCarthy... McCarthy bizarrely like quality you know he he was boosting our quota in that regard um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's just obviously Turnbull falls into that category 
Greg Taylor, but he's, he's in the team, so yeah. It's a 25-man squad with eight that need to be homegrown. Yeah. yeah, there's nobody really in Scotland jumping out. I mean, you wouldn't buy people like Nesbitt and Shanklin, that's just silly stuff. There's no real yeah. players jumping out. But Taylor was played well all those years ago, and he jumped out. I don't see anybody. Unless I just don't see them enough. But I don't no, I think they're all getting poached by Italy and England and stuff like that. There's not, I think there still is talent coming through in Scotland, but it's not, it's not the way it was a few years ago where, you know, we were almost getting the pick of those players. I mean, we're losing players now to Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all kind of changed in that regard. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's another way for us to, yeah, future proof almost and, yeah, these these lads will will be peripheral, but you know, come the start of the next season, we'll be you know we'll be in the Champions League. The League Cup starts early. There's a big lot of games, so you know they. I would imagine they would get their chance at the start of next season to at least have a bit of game time. Also, that 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 player trading model. I was thinking about this just finally for the last. Couple of minutes, the player trading model, and we're having a laugh at Rangers. And obviously, you look at it and see how Celtic are going on. But the fact is that, like, every country, every team now is doing like Brighton. That's their model now. Brighton's model is they're pumping Chelsea at the weekend. All these teams now are player trading model. So, Mikey's right, the, the competition for these types of boys or players to get into, you know, what I mean. It doesn't matter if you're Scottish, Swiss or Irish. There's competition in that market for these players to be moved on quickly. So if Vata then plays with Celtic's first team two or three times, he's got that in CV to maybe go and say, well, look, a German team take a chance on me. The market's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it's not a case of, what's his name, Chris Hayes going scores for Celtic every every odd game come on as a substitute but getting absolutely no chance to end up going down to England these guys do have a, a market they can trade themselves in as well you know but again you just old fashioned you like Celtic to bring a couple of players through but eight players seems quite a lot doesn't it if you take away and you don't want Deadwood don't you know you want as Hendel talks about players pushing you want young players pushing these guys Yeah, you do. Um, as I say, like, Hendo, oh, sorry, uh, Mikey rhymed off a good shoe in there straight away. So in the first team, you've got McGregor and you've got Taylor and you've got Turnbull. You know what I mean? Who are well, the first two are playing regularly, obviously, and Turnbull every now and again. And then mm. if you throw in Vat and Summers and then Stevie Welsh, that's, that's six right away, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Scott Bain must be in that <coughs> as well. Scott Bain, of course. Mm. I, was, I was thinking about a goal and I totally forgot about him. I don't know, Steve. I mean, Welsh is finished playing for Celtic, hasn't he? We can't. Forest, Forest, of course, that's another one. Well, see, see, to be honest, though, I think Welsh is a is a good is a good defender, and you know the interest that's been shown in him from abroad shows that you know he obviously you know he obviously has good stats that have been picked up by other team scouts. You know, I just don't. He just doesn't fit into the way Postecoglou wants to play. Football, which is you know the the centre halves get the ball forward quickly, and you know that's just not what he does. He's a bit more of a kind of throwback. Uh, Steve Mills, that 
that's my interpretation. It's not, you know, it's not a slight on the lad's ability. I just don't think he's going to get his games under Postacoglu the way he wants to play. And like sometimes that happens, doesn't it? It's not, oh, he's not Celtic class or this or that. He's just not, he's just unlucky, in my opinion. Well, you're right, but then Postacoglu should be trying. Surely there's a defender in Celtic Park under 21s that can come in. Fill one of the roles and then the four that's playing. I don't know. I don't know. It just it seems very hard. But how? I mean, you're not going to drop Carter Vickers or Starfelt or Kobayashi for Stephen Welsh. I mean, as much as I want young players to play, that's th- those three centre halves are probably better are better than him in in that system. So, you know, if we had a different manager who wanted a more kind of you know, solid guy that can go and win the balls and, you know, maybe do a bit of the rough stuff and that, like, yeah, maybe, but it's just not, it's just not the way Postacoglu wants to play and, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's the way I see it. It's not, it's not a slight on that guy's ability. He could probably go away and have a good career elsewhere and I think he probably will. Talking about players, I seen Scott McKenna again playing for the Nottingham Forest. And he yep. played at the weekend and headed the ball against the bar, looked as if he was involved. And was that his Zimba? No, no, he <laughs> Man United. He played that across the crossy or something. But again, no, I don't know. I don't know what's the level he would get to. I, don't, I mean, but no, like we will see, we will see. Anything else, Mikey Dallin? Anything's catching your attention and all these matches are changing I, I, I just think it's just rubbish rubbish um, no look I listened to I listened to the Monday Night Club on 5 Live last night do you know who the did, you might have listened to this uh, Paul do you know who the uh, technical director is at Brighton uh, no do you know X Ranger X Ranger David Weir Oh, I yeah, I seen his face come up. Is that yeah. possible? He's no chance he's going to Rangers if he's there. Aye, he came across really well actually. Um, and but anyway, why, why did I start talking about that? Aye, so you know, with all those managerial changes, there is, you know, as much as I have been resolute in my view that Postacoglu isn't going anywhere until he's completed his project, like. Brighton does worry me because that is a team, you know, that is a club that's got its act together in the same way that I do believe we've got our act together in terms of scouting players and stuff at the moment. But um, no, that that I'm I'm, I'm not going to, you know, Postecoglou will, will be here until he's not. So I'm not. I I, I just um, it does wind me up a little bit when folks start going oh, you well, know, I'm talking I'm talking about like Hearts being like Hearts Oh, being in a, Scotland, sorry, yeah. Oh, that's just mad. Like Hearts being a solid club and blah blah blah, and then suddenly we Nacy's chatting away and they're like, what? Like, why would well, you why would you make that decision? You see him done, the first thing he had to do was a difficult decision, but he got rid of his best mate. All right, okay, Stephen. Nice. So <laughs> see see back in the days when Scottish football has been more competitive. It's when they've actually got coaches that have, they've got a decent reputation in, like Steve Clark at Kilmarnock. You know, 
McInnes, as much as I've slagged him off earlier, he he did have Aberdeen playing decent football. You know, when Hearts way back in the past were decent, you know, under George Burley and, you know, you know, there's, I definitely think that, you know, as much as, yeah, you can, you can say, oh, Celtic have, Celtic have got too much money and I think they make a lot, these clubs make a lot of really poor decisions on managers and that, that Naismith one is a, is a case in point. I don't think Nielsen deserved to lose his job and honestly, that's your, that's your solution is sacking Robbie Nielsen with six games to go. Him, Nacy, bizarre. I'm not. I'm not. There's no way that Hearts don't don't, don't have better yeah. candidates out there. That, like that have got a proper decent track record as coaches. Uh, it's, it's it's always surprises me when a manager goes and then ultimately the job is given to one of the backroom team who you know, we're ultimately probably not viewed favourably with the players either at that point. It's just a bit of yeah. a, we'll an odd one. And then also for Hearts, Hearts have got so much riding on coming third that in order to achieve that objective, we'll put in someone with, with no managerial experience. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. St. Johnson's done the exact same from They've tried to Stephen McLean. And then, I mean, that's it. That the, the Callum gets them to like a double cup winning. I mean, he seems to he seems to be a very knowledgeable guy. Blah blah. Six games to go. I mean, don't understand why you would do that unless you got a really good manager yeah. sitting there to come in. I just don't understand it. I mean, Rangers have had how many managers this season as well. I mean, it just doesn't seem as if you can run a stable league while he's changing in managers. Managers positions every what three months it's just mad not when you're just recycling like like Hendo says someone else in the backroom team or you know in the case of Jim Goodwin you know just like giving him a, another gig you know after he'd failed it you know it's just I don't know rewarding failure and mediocrity just seems seems to be just safe options basically <laughs> What was the Aberdeen manager? Austin Stat? What was his name? Eagle. Eagle, the Norwegian. I was so excited when he came in. Like, you're like. Ebby Skovdal. Ebby Skovdal. Remember he came in and he was like. You're like, wow, that's that's a different dynamic to Scottish football. I mean, look at that. The Ireland manager, remember he came all those years ago with Dan. I thought, wow, the the, the Pope's a good manager. And he was. Is that Pat Devlin or something? Tip? No, Devlin. Yeah, your man as well, the manager. Oh, the current manager, I. He was in Dunfermline or Aberdeen or somewhere like that. Who was that? Stephen Kenny? Yeah, yeah Dunfermline. Yeah, like Stephen Kenny. Even that, even, just think of it, even that sort of, it's almost just an English Premier, an English manager coming up. Maybe there's just so much fear that it's just not going to work. Look. If, look at how good Kilmarnock were under Steve Clark, who'd who'd managed in the Premiership, you know, done well, like, had had a good career. Now you're not telling me that I know that that lad, the guy Welder, was being talked about for Aberdeen again. You know, had had experience in the Premiership, but it's probably never going to get another job. I mean, these people, I do believe that if they've 
coach down there, they're going to come up here and, and be, you know, and lift the level of the teams. I, I honestly do believe that. Um, so I just think there's a real lack of ambition at times from from the other teams or, yeah, just going, going for the safe option, basically, and never really want to push on. And, you know, and it's not doing, like, crazy things like, oh, I'm going to hire Stephen Glass and all of this. Like, just, you know, go and managers that have... You know, have experience down in England that would be willing to come up to Scotland because they can't get a job elsewhere in England. Mark Hughes is blooming managing in like League One or something like that. Like, you know, you're not telling me that he wouldn't take an opportunity to come up and manage Aberdeen and, you know, try and get them into Europe and, you know, do okay with them again. I just I think it's I just think it's a bit this lack of lack of ambition or whatever. But then, but then you look at like Funtime Frankie managing Chelsea. Yeah, but I don't think he's got a good reputation. I mean, he's just lucky. That's failing upwards again. I'm talking mm-hmm. about folk that have, you know, done at, done stuff in the past. You know, but even at that level of Chelsea, they still make bizarre decisions when it comes to they could have anybody in the world apart. I just I don't understand this. I always thought that football would go more more the American way. Of like good coaching setups, good coaching facilities, good coaches. But like Stevie Smith, I actually couldn't believe he got the house gig. I actually couldn't believe it. I was like, what? And then I had to beat him on the weekend and Tom English hammered Naismith hammered him on the radio. Like you're not you're not gonna get many as we've seen there, you're not gonna get top coaches coming up here, like they're they're all gonna go to England. You know what I mean? Who, who the hell's going to take that hearts job? Like, you've no money to spend. You just, this is what you've got. Here, deal with it. You, you could end up shooting yourself in the foot, big style. Do you know what? No, if I want to take the risk. You've got to, I don't you've got know. To. Got to ask the question, though. No? I mean, it could be what? a total shit. It could be a total shit show. You know what I mean? It could actually end your career before it's even started. Oh, no, I... I I'm I'm talking about going and getting like someone, you know, that's probably not going to get another gig in England coming up here. I'm not talking about someone that's maybe right. on a rising trajectory. I'm saying like, you know, a Mark Hughes, for example, was never going to get another job. Surprises me that Lambert has not one, you know, shown an interest in one of those jobs because he's not getting another job in England. Yeah. If you're not going to go and take the, you know, the, the Saudi or the Qatari dollar, then I don't see why coming up managing Hearts getting into the Europa Conference League whatever wouldn't be you know would, well yeah it'd be better than sitting in the house surely look at Tony Wolfe it's debatable Tony Wolfe <laughs> sitting in a hotel room in Aberdeen no but Tony Wolfe as well like he's doing like he was a guy that managed Hibs and he's been and that's just jobs isn't it? just a guy that keeps coaching and keeps moving enjoys his football Lambert's a yeah. funny one maybe just too much money or too much pride or but Aberdeen get, I, I was thought that would be a good idea I mean, I'm not a big Albert, uh, Lambert fan but I'd be delighted to be proved wrong I wasn't a big uh, what's his name uh, Brown fan the Scottish manager you know I've done some Aberdeen stuff you know what I mean Mark McGee tried it Mark McGee he's got a CV comparable to most play, people in terms of managing teams you know what I mean so you need half decent managers up 
Men vi er bare lige sammen, jeg ikke. Vi er bare lige sammen, jeg tænker ikke. Vi er bare lige sammen, jeg tænker ikke. Ja, så svært er det jo. Han er også gerne til at gå i spæt. Handels Page T-shirt on, jeg går i bed. Made us sit through your um, your your, your um, exposure. That's because I was out the shower. That was that oh, way right, you come okay. out the shower and you're kind of feel hotter than and sweater than when you went in. So I was trying to cool off. And I'm delighted that I didn't get another uh, lesson by Hendo. Every every podcast the last couple of months, Hendo's been giving me a lesson. But I'm delighted you you stuck off at me when I talked with Taylor. <laughs> can I just say that, like obviously if we um, if, if Rangers get beat at the weekend against Aberdeen obviously we play Motherwell first and that's 15 points clear with 15 points to play first so the league's more well over but going back to the um, obviously the European stuff then so we get into the cup final against Falkirk or Inverness Cali I'm assuming we win one of them goes to the how do we say the cup winners cup whatever I don't know they go into now they go into the conference league I suppose or is it the Europa League So if if either Celtic or Rangers win the Scottish Cup, which you've got to assume is highly likely, um, like third in the league gets straight in, get straight in somewhere. But like, for some reason, that seems to benefit the people that finish third in the league. If so, Celtic or Rangers win the cup, uh huh, yeah, right, okay. So maybe so that must mean that. I don't think anyone gets anything for running. That must be what it is. So the cup runners up get nothing. I'm pretty sure that that was the the what I heard was Celtic or Rangers winning it. That's why Hearts are so big on like it's basically guaranteed five million quid. I think you were saying. Oh, guaranteed week. Europa group stage. Right? Guaranteed the group stage if if and presumably that's because there's no. No One out of the cup. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I know what you're uh, saying. The conference. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so, that means. All right, okay. I'll double check that one. That's good. I, I didn't know that. Makes sense, but. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, fantastic, guys. Our podcast down. Well done, Mikey Dow, for turning up today. That was great. Well, well, well done for well done for inviting me. Oh, Jesus! I can't believe it. Had the, having a pop at me? I wasn't a pop, I was just delighted. <laughs> and though, thanks for turning up in Aberdeen. Well done. Enjoy your enjoy your your sleep. And, I will uh, do it, thank and, you. And Devani, thanks again. Always good, always good. And good night, God bless. Onwards, upwards. Enjoy the Celtic. Thanks for listening, guys. All the best. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.